Welcome to Dialogue Tree, a show where each and every week, myself, Ryan Smith, and my host, Jordan Sims, discuss topics in and around the video game industry. If you want to learn more about that, you can listen to episode zero. But today we are talking about the future of E3. Normally, this would be the time of the year where E3 is going on. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't know, I swear I have a co-host. If you don't. If you don't know, A3 was canceled because of a little something called the coronavirus, COVID-19, or whatever you want to call it. Unfortunately, it has been canceled due to these circumstances. Um, before we go on any further, I do want to hand the reins over to my co-host for just a second so he can introduce himself. Like my co-host said at the top of the show, I'm Jordan Sims. We do a plethora of podcasts here. Do we? Kind of. Since when? I, I oh, think... no. Have you been recording me in my sleep again? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we do over here. Uh, yeah, E3 got canceled because of the old corona. But, you know, we're here doing this. I took a break in my PS Vita adventures that I'm currently doing that maybe I'll talk about later in some other episodes to uh, That'd be record this. But, yeah, before we go into the future of E3, I do kind of want to dive just a little, uh, not very deep, just kind of give a brief overview of, of E3. If you don't know what it is, of course, it stands for the Electronics Entertainment Expo, I believe. It's been going on since when? The mid-90s. 1995. 1995. I think it's been in California every year except for one. Yep, except for, uh, I want to say, heck, what year was it? Probably 2016. It was, was it in 2016? Georgia? I'm pretty sure it was way earlier than that. It was... Sorry, uh, 1997 yeah, and 1998, it was and in it was, Georgia. Yeah, I think specifically Atlanta, yep. if I remember. Atlanta, Georgia. Correctly. But yeah, it's been going on strong ever since then until, of course, this year. You know, big companies from EA um, to Nintendo and everyone in between pretty much would have their conferences to show off to the media. And then later on, it has become more of a fan-oriented thing. You can buy tickets to go see the show, see your favorite events live in person. That's what live means. But yeah. um, actually, this isn't the first year. EA has been, EA specifically, but not only EA, have kind of been not having a show at E3, but kind of around E3. And then, what was it, 2018 was the last time Sony had an event. Of course, last year, they kind of, I guess they didn't have, what was it, like enough content or something? Yeah, something like that. They just ultimately skipped 2019's E3. I remember in, in uh, 2018, that was when they had that kind of... It was kind of cool, but it was also kind of weirdly pretentious where they had everyone come to this tent to show up The Last of Us. Oh, and yeah. they had this guy playing this weird instrument to show off the of Ghost of Tsushima. And that was the last E3 they had. And then everyone... At least, I don't know about you, I assumed that they would have one this year. Yeah, I really thought they were going to do something this year that wasn't just the ps5 you know just talk about current gen yeah and then they they canceled even before uh the covid stuff sony playstation canceled e3 altogether i was super surprised that they weren't going to be there yeah and maybe they just thought they could get away with it because you know they're well they can get away see yeah and this is kind of where we can start transitioning into the future of e3 and honestly doesn't even have a place because i'm assuming Sony was going to do what they did. If you don't know, they held their own, like, they call it a uh, state of play, I believe. 
Nintendo does a similar thing, so does Xbox, where they basically release like a 30 to 45 minute video and they send it, put it on Twitch and YouTube and Mixer. I don't know that. Rest in peace, Mixer. Yeah. But they just stream it directly. And I think it got millions and millions of views and they didn't even have to have E3. And, and uh, didn't you look up the uh, like the price of stuff for E3? Yeah, back in, I want to say 2016 or even probably later than Before that, or later? Uh, before. Uh, like t- 2007, between 2008, people were paying 5 to $10 million. $10 million? The, yeah. That's I thought you said 10000 No. Because I, I thought that was uh, uh, super low because I'd heard... I've heard people across, uh, like developers and, but also news media talk about how expensive it is. Yeah, according to the uh, INDSA now, which is the ESA, this is coming from the you know Wikipedia of E3 because there's not that much background when it comes to E3 talking about how much people pay, but they were saying how it's it, between 2007 and 2008 people were paying five to ten million dollars, and that was for their booths. 12 plus years ago that we're talking about. Yeah, and I can't even imagine what they were paying in 2018. And think of how much money do you think it costs, you know? I'm, I'm not actually asking you to speculate because I have literally no idea. But I can't imagine it costs 5 to $10 million to produce a 45-minute video. Of course, it costs, it costs a lot of money for, yeah. for me and you, for the average person. They, you know, they reached out to Bethesda. They reached out to Square Enix and Gearbox, I believe, plus some others. But it's not costing ten million dollars. No, not at all. It's they can just put it all together in house, have it presented the exact way they want, you know. And it's they can just put it out, and everybody can enjoy it, and you can watch it in your pajamas, which is pretty nice. Yeah, E3 has just been looking. You know, we're moving into the digital age, and not, not to mention they've had some controversies over the last couple of years. I believe uh, was it last in the last couple of years they had those leaks where they leaked a bunch of journalists. Yeah, I think information. It was 20, 2017 or 2018, they've released so many people's information, home addresses, credit card information, like all of it. Not just It wasn't just, oh no, they got my email. It was, they know where I live. Yeah, it was a ton of different stuff. And actually, I think when they leaked it, people actually discovered that they had done the same thing the year before, but just no one noticed. Yeah. It, it was literally just on their website, I want to say. Yeah, I believe I watched some tech tubers and stuff cover it lightly here and there that you know they were just like it's just on e3.com just and the front of the website so i mean that's of course that's always a worry you go you're trying to do your job to uh you know be a journalist and someone doxes you oh yeah it sucks i would i would not appreciate that at all now the first thing that i heard well excuse me the first thing that i thought when I heard that E3 wasn't happening this year, I was like, oh, they'll have an online event. Yeah, I really thought that too, because it's so easy for these companies that are, you know, they tweet, they do social media. It can't be that hard for them to release, you know, hey, this is what we've gathered this year or these last coming months. This is what you can play during quarantine. Maybe they wouldn't word it like that because, you know, but they would at least release something. Yeah, because this is. The ESA, who I, I believe also do the ESRB, which rate the games, of course. This is their big, like Jordan just said, it costs millions of dollars to get a booth on the floor, on the show floor, at these uh, at this conference, at this massive conference. You know, I know um, was it Gamescon in Germany is a bigger 
as far as attendance wise, but this is kind of considered the Super Super Bowl of of games media of of games news. It happens once a year. Of course, it's happens over a much longer period of time than the Super Bowl, but this is their main means of uh funding of of, of money. Yeah, and it kind of makes me wonder. So why didn't they have an online event? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense to me at all for them not to even, you know, even gather. I know Sony and Nintendo and Xbox are all doing their own things, but even gather just little kernels and have like an appetizer of information or something. Well, they, it's kind of like, uh, no, it's kind of like, um, of course, Jeff Keighley, who does the, the Game Awards every uh, year, every like January or so, he kind of swooped in and he grabbed a bunch of different uh, companies. He's got Riot, he got Sony, he got. Uh, I mean, I had to look, pull up the Summer Games. Yeah, Summer Games was a huge hit this year, and it's still well, it's rolling still going. Through. I think it goes through August. Yeah, I believe so. And they're just really rolling out a great number of entertainment streams and look everything up, else, summer and charity streams, Games Fest. But it kind of makes me wonder. Maybe E three just. It kind of feels like they just laid down and decided. Well, you know, Jeff Keighley's doing his thing. The other company's going to do their thing. Maybe we'll just not do anything. Yeah, they got, you know, Riot, Unreal, Tony Hawk, PlayStation, Destiny, PC Game Show, Guerrilla Collective. They got a they had a VR show, EA Play, Games Radar Show. The you know, uh, Night City with uh, CD Projekt Red. Oh, no, not Guerrilla, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, cyber, the Cyberpunk uh, presentation they put out. And, of course, these aren't really related but i still feel like e3 because they could have run ads they could have um sold like merch and stuff still and they're missing out on i feel like a ton and i just don't know if they can survive they're claiming that next year they're going to have an event yeah it's going to be weird especially after everything you know with the whole public distance public distancing social distancing that's the word i'm looking for even comparing it to how some schools in some regions are talking about, you know, kids only going two days a week and like half the school going that time and half the school going that. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, there's local schools and just, I guess, throughout the nation as well. Uh, Maybe even across the world because yeah. this is a global pandemic unlike anything in our lifetimes, anything in our grandparents' lifetimes. Yeah, and I've heard, you know, they're basically splitting the roster of uh, high schools or other schools and going, all right, they're going to do... You're going to go, you know, this group group A is going to go Monday, Tuesday. Everybody's going to be off on Wednesday. Group B is going to go on uh, Thursday and Friday. And then, you know, have Saturday, Sunday off. But they're going to go to school year-round. So the, enti- really? the entire year. When, are they going to implement this to, for just a limited time? Are they going to change this forever? I, I From away from what I've seen... For people that are parents, I think it's going to be pretty permanent. Until further notice. Until they figure out a way to deal with COVID better, you know, and they're required to wear a mask when they're at school, like the whole entire time. Man, that sucks. Social distancing is going to be like in place on campus and in the How are they going to do that? That's insane. I I don't know. That's, it's a lot of people to shuffle in and out. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely sympathize. I have a, actually I have a compromised immune system, so I can't. I, I definitely have to abide by all this stuff even more strictly than others. So that makes sense, at least and, in concept, I guess. And I'm just thinking if the schools and such, and stores and different stuff like this are going to that level of 
you know, preparation for just going back to the school year for an institution that has, you know, their starting year in 1995, they did, they had 50,000 people. In 2019, they were estimating, you know, 66,000. And the last E3 that actually held in 2018 was almost 70,000 people. Well, last year was 2019. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it actually went down. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's gone up and down. Kind of looking at, you know, from 2017, it was almost 69,000. 2018 was 69,200 people. And then 2019, they had 66,100 people. So it's, it's, it's up and down. It's up and it down. It doesn't and, stray too far out of that 60-something thousand yeah. range. Uh, and so I'm just looking at, you know, they have this huge space, this huge area. And I'm just thinking, okay, on this small scale, you know, a high school or a store making these huge preparations for, you know, a very small group of people. Don't want me. I just got to go get yeah, my... Yeah, that's fine. Uh, something. And for E3 to be able to make these preparations, it's going to be insane. And I don't really know how they're going to be able to execute this on this scale, you know, keeping everybody six feet apart so that everybody can actually enjoy the conferences and trailers and everything that the people are going to produce. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what they're actually going to do exactly in 2021. That's another thing that I'm kind of worried about because if you remember, they released like a preliminary floor plan type deal for E3. And there was a bunch of weird stuff talking about quote unquote, so you can play games with celebrities and you can meet like Shaq and all this weird stuff that sounds kind of honestly like a, like a Hail Mary to go back to football analogies. Yeah. You know, just looking at how things are, and I, I really don't know what they're going to do. My, my mic, by the way. <laughs> I really don't know what they're going to do in 2021 to get people to want to come, especially if, you know, everybody has to stay six, part, six feet apart from each other, and there can only be, how are they going to be able to shuffle through this many people, make their money, and be able to have... Are people going to want to come back because of all this? T- you yeah, know, exactly. You know, yeah. It's one of those things where you're thinking... Okay, well, if I'm in group A and I can only see, you know, on the day one, maybe only these select companies are going to do day one. And then day two, you know, they separate days and groups. And then if you're in group A, maybe you get to see, you know, Bethesda and Sony. But if you're in group B, you don't get to see Bethesda and Sony. You, you get to see, you know, Gearbox and CD Projekt Red or somebody. Yeah, but you also could, uh, you know... It's like if you if you know anything about uh, Wimbledon or other tennis tournaments, you don't actually buy a ticket to see the person you want to see. Really, you buy a ticket for the court, and the person you play, if the person that you want to see loses, they're not gonna get to that court. Maybe you can uh, you can buy one after they've won, but a lot of times those tickets, especially for Roger Federer, he's a is. Arguably the best tennis player of all time. So a lot of people want to see him all, all the time, especially at Wimbledon or the U.S. Open or something. So you might buy a ticket, which is going to, of course, cost thousands of dollars for center court, which is the biggest, nicest court at the entire complex. But if Roger loses, he's not going to be playing at center court. He's not going to be playing at all. So you might just see other people that you weren't interested in seeing. Hopefully that would not be... You you wouldn't have to enter like a into some kind of lottery, to, you know. Oh man, I hope I get Square Enix. That would obviously be bad. That's 
really interesting when it comes to a sports thing. It sounds a nightmare if E3 decided to do something like that. But one thing I wanted to go back, you mentioned um, the companies, as I knocked my mic yet again, second time, first episode, baby. So the, the thing that they really had to convince to come back are the companies. Because why would EA, and I know EA doesn't really have a conference at the show per se anymore, but hear me out, why would EA spend $10 million for a show floor spot where they could spend way less and just stream to 10 million people on their YouTube, on their Twitch, not to mention on... Because if EA streams, this is a company that makes competitive games, you're going to have Shroud co-streaming, you're going to have Ninja, you're going to have Dr. Disrespect, although he just got banned from Twitch, so you may not have Dr. Disrespect. You're going to have YouTube videos, you're going to have reaction videos. I don't know if they need E3. Because the people that enjoy their content will just cover it for them. They'll this get the coverage. This is a day and age where YouTube and Twitch reign supreme. I watched the other day, you know, I was watching uh, one of my favorite streamers, Seagull, talk about the uh, the Apex Legends uh, announcements that they had the other day. Exactly. I was uh, going to speak on that, how it's just E3 just put out a whole bunch of new information of all their games and such. E3? And, EA. Sorry, EA. Thank you. And multiple, multiple people that we both enjoy covered it live and did YouTube videos and tweeted about it, and it was just... Probably way more coverage than they would get spending. No, no they, they would get... Here's the thing. They don't get way more coverage. They get the same. Okay, I And can it's see that. for way less money. That's true, because... And the bottom line for these companies, whether you like it or not, if you want to see Cyberpunk 2077 made, if you want to see The Witcher 4, they have to make money. True. That is 100% true. They definitely need to make money to fund those uh, teams and those studios to produce these games. These games cost millions of dollars at the bottom. And for Cyberpunk 2077, it probably costs hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know, but I know that years ago, GTA V cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make. And that game came out in 2013? Yes. And so I, I can't even imagine how much money you know, if Cyberpunk these takes. If these companies' finance teams can save them millions of dollars, they're going to do it. IGN, GameSpot, USA Today, because uh, th these companies are all going to cover it. Of course, E3 is the time of year where U USA Today and NBC are going to cover games more than ever. And even Forbes nowadays yeah, oh, is yeah, covering for games. Forbes covers um, games fairly, fairly often now, but I mean, USA Today doesn't normally cover. They're not going to cover the, the new Apex yeah, I guess that's true. Um, thing necessarily, but... If EA announces a big new game around E3, they're going to cover it. But if all these games come together anyway, and because but as we're seeing, the summertime still seems to be the quote-unquote E3 time. It's still almost like E3 is happening. It's happening over a much longer period of time. And all these uh, news organizations, I'm assuming, I don't know, I don't follow USA Today, really, um, they're still going to cover these big announcements. They're going to cover the, the stuff with Cyberpunk 2077 because that's a big announcement. If Nintendo makes a... Uh, there have been rumors about... What you call it? About Nintendo re-releasing and remastering all these Mario games. If that happens, USA Today, NBC, CNN, they're going to cover this stuff because they have to. Yeah, to get the clicks, to get the views. 
And it almost makes me wonder, you know, E3, E3 was talking about how they're going to do something in 2021. I'm curious to see what red carpet they're going to roll out for these companies to try to convince them to come back. Because it's going to have to be pretty damn good. I, I don't know what they could do. I don't think next year, I don't think it will be the end. But I think I'm feeling like this is a situation similar to GameStop. Except GameStop still provides a legitimate service. I don't know if E3 does. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the show, I spoke on the PS Vita. GameStop did something really cool. A couple last month, they did a buy two get one free on PS Vita games. I mean, I I didn't go do it, but it was cool that they were supporting the Vita like that. And you know, they do offer things that are God really. Sony won't. Yeah, I know. Um, but GameStop does offer really, really good deals every now and then, once in a blue moon. And I definitely 100% agree with. It feels like E3's walk into Death's Door. They're kind of they're kind of like The Walking Dead. But are they going to have to do that kind of stuff? Are they going to have to start selling a bunch of merch? Are they going to have to have maybe they'll have events? You know, they'll have. I think they already have tournaments, but maybe they'll have have to have more tournaments. Funny, funnily enough, these are things that GameStop itself is also are also doing. Are they going to have to search out some kind of venture capital group to, to buy them like GameStop tried and failed to do? Yeah, like GameStop, they did the whole rework, remake on some of their uh, GameStops with lounges, and they did the couches and stuff, and I, I honestly just now remember they did all that. I, just, I don't know, and of course, when these consoles come out, that's going to be a big boon for GameStop, whether or not it'll save them in the long run. I don't think so, but I don't know if that actually helps E3. I don't either. Because they, they didn't announce them at E3. They announced Sony had their own conference, and uh, Xbox announced it at the Game Awards. Yeah, and so they're just slowly, all these companies are just rolling out stuff on their own. Nintendo was already doing their little direct things. They were doing them at E3, but they weren't in person, so they really didn't need E3. It exactly. was just kind of a little boon, you know? Yeah, it was like, oh, that's cool. But now they do their, you know, uh, whatever they're called. They do, you know, there's three of them. They do Pokemon ones. They do the indie showcase. Well, they do a bunch of different ones. Well, They'll yeah. have, uh, you're talking about the, uh, the, uh, oh my gosh, the what? Nintendo Directs. Right? Yes, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't remember Direct. It seems like over the past, what, two, two to three weeks, they've been having a little, they've been dropping trailers. They dropped the trailer for, they've dropped multiple trailers for, uh, what's it called, Paper, Paper Mario? Paper Mario, yeah. I do not know that. This is one of my favorite game series. Um, they've had stuff for Pokemon. They've had they just uh, announced the Pokemon MOBA. Yeah, uh, they. Uh, man, that is going to be interesting. Uh, just a quick little thing. I did try out Pokemon uh, Cafe. It's cute. That's, the uh, bejeweled esque thing. Yeah, it's man. It, it is definitely for children. When I saw it, I was, I got excited because I thought it was a for like the first couple seconds. I thought it might have been a new Pokemon League. It wasn't though, oh, and I was cool. sad in my heart. Hopefully they'll remake or not remake, just redo. They'll there'll be a new Pokemon Stadium. That'd be cool one day. Pokemon Snap too though, yeah, or a, yeah. new Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap. Yeah, I I really hope E three kind of comes back. That's what I was gonna say, cause I'm not gonna lie. I've been enjoying watching Sony's shows and uh, all the other shows, but you know I'm looking at this list and while they've been nice, you know. PC game show was once again good. That's another thing, by the way, that wasn't. That was kind of at, in the same time frame as E3, but wasn't a part of E3 really. 
but I kind of miss E3. I, I definitely don't know. What I'm saying I don't know why I'm saying kind of. I I miss the hype of having PlayStation Conference and then the next day Xbox and the next day Nintendo and then Square Enix. A couple things I will say, I I do miss E3, and I'll come back to that point in a little bit. The Summer Games is sweet, but it almost oh feels, yeah, that's well done. It almost feels like they're giving us too much information. I need them to cut. Really, some f- I don't think they're. Now, granted, the only thing I say on you're giving, talking about like the IGN stuff. Yeah, sometimes I need them to cut the fat. I don't need... I agree. I agree cu- completely. Cu- focus That's on one the thing game. that E3 does really well. Yes. E3 comes out, you know... Especially like, the last couple of years. Like, I, thankfully, you know, the internet's eternal. And I went back and watched the first E3. Oh, man. I bet that was interesting. It was really cool, actually. Really? Uh, yeah. It, you know, granted, it was super long. And there was people, you know, reporters on the floor with their little microphones and stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. And then I watched, you know, some highlights from other, other E3s. And, you know... The big thing, you know, Atari is like three ninety nine, and the Sony guy just comes on and goes two ninety nine. Oh yeah, and that's one of the greatest. No, that's one of the greatest moments in the history of video and, games. And that's what I want to experience. You know, granted, I've never been to an E three. I was gonna go to the one in twenty eighteen, uh, but you know, things just kind of happened. I didn't get to go, and I want to. See, you know, granted, Reggie Fischer is not gonna be there, but you know, you, the, you want to see Reggie Fischer saying they're gonna kick ass and take names. Yeah, when Nintendo. Big things, big random things where Reggie Fisame walks on the stage and goes, Hi, I'm Reggie Fisame. We're Nintendo. We kick ass, make video games, and whatever else he says. And then, you know, a couple years later, you know, my body is ready. Yeah, and I know so what you're talking all about. All these epic moments of just. Them pulling the DS out of their pockets. Yeah. Or like, uh, when they showed, I think it's Gail, I can't pronounce his name. He's like one of the heads, if not the head of, of Ubisoft. When they collabed with Nintendo for Rabbids, that yeah. he had like this big moment where he's crying because he he loves the fr- the franchise so much. I'm, I'm, I remember when Xbox showed they showed uh, Cyberpunk a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Is this Cyberpunk? Is this Cyberpunk?" Yeah. And you don't really have that because you know what's happening because you're watching you're watching a Cyberpunk event, so you know they're going to talk about Cyberpunk. Exactly, and with the Summer Games. You know, it's new. It's the first year they've ever done anything like this, really. And, you know, they list everything detailed. This is who's going to be streaming. This is who they're streaming for. This is the game. These are the things we're going to cover. And not all of them are like that. that. We didn't know... We didn't know what was going to be at the PlayStation event. Yeah. We didn't know everything that was going to be at the PC event. But the big... Like, Destiny 2, we knew they were going to talk about Destiny. And, of course, obviously, some of these shows were going to have... we're going to happen anyway. There was going to be a Tenocon, whether or not, which is where they talk about Warframe. But I don't, in fact, I know that CD Projekt Red wasn't going to have a show. If they were going to show something, it was probably going to be through Sony or, or Xbox. Yeah, one of the definitely. Two, probably. But to go back to the point I was speaking of earlier, just how the Summer Games is amazing. I love it. They're doing a great job. I do wish they'd cut some of the fat in the fact of I want them to focus on things that, you know, indies are cool and stuff, but I don't need 15 minutes or 20 minutes. No, you're, yes. Of. Of someone saying dunge. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't need 15 minutes or 30 minutes or however long it actually is because it feels like an eternity when you're watching this and you just want to digest all the information and then react to it and move on. Give me a release date. Tell me what it's out, coming out on. Maybe tell me some of the key points of gameplay. I, this, here's my, here are my thoughts. This may have, I think, in fact, I think this was done relatively quickly 
especially I'm talking about the IGN thing in particular because th- I think this is that's what Jordan's talking about because I do think I think the IGN one has been doing well, but I do think it's a, it, when he's talking about things getting along in the tooth, that's one of the shows he's specifically talking about. I feel like someone should have gone and they should have designated a handful of people to go in here and maybe they did. I don't know, but it felt like they didn't do this to me. Pick out a few games that seem special. Talking about Celeste. I'm talking about SteamWorld games, you know, and showing off no more than five minutes. I don't need to see 15 minutes of a random indie game that I'm never going to play. And of course, somebody's going to play that. But I wouldn't want to see 15 minutes of almost anything. Yeah, that's definitely what I, you know, granted, there was a couple times where, you know, I, I was watching some of the events of my own. I just muted it and just did something else and looked over at the screen every once in a while to see what they were covering. Cause see when, if it was interesting or not. Yeah, because when they'd get to, you know, there's this indie game out right now that's available, and they showed probably what felt like 30 minutes of commentation with the director, the producer, whoever it was, talking about, you know, yeah, you can move the reactor, the, the space one where you take oh, a that lo- Yeah, that looked interesting. Not for me, but it does look it interesting. It looked interesting. well made. But I don't need 30 minutes of here's the back behind the scenes director's cut sort of a thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think a lot of people, I know I am kind of going into this with an E3 mindset. And especially, like I said earlier, the last couple of years, it's just someone for the most part, um, I don't even want to say for the most part, more than in the past, they'll, they'll have someone come out on stage, say a few words, and then show like 30 minutes of trailers. And that's just not what that that was. If if you just show me a, a reel of thirty, you know, thirty indies, and then every once in a while show five minutes of footage of the best of the best, that would be much better than seeing fifteen, twenty minutes of a random indie. Yeah, or a random, like I said, indie game. I don't, I don't want to see fifteen minutes of almost any game. Yeah, because my thing, at least how my brain works, is I start connecting points. And then maybe I'll spoil something for myself. And it may be in the story and it may not be well, in the story. I, th- I don't think, first of all, because a lot of these are indies, a lot of them don't have stories that are easy to pick up on, if at all. So that doesn't really bother me as much. It's just like it's bored. I'm like, I don't care about this. What I want is, and this term is probably going to be weird for people, I just want to be bum-rushed with, you know. Game, game, game. Yeah, like yeah. boom, 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 boom. Just here's all the stuff, done. I actually think the PC game show has been uh, really, really good at that. They did a polished job up on that. They, they did a good. They've, they've done a good job for the last however long they've been going. Yeah, most definitely. I and who knows? Maybe I just thought of this. Maybe next year when E3 is doing something, maybe they'll team up and it'll be like E3 Summer of Game Fest themed somehow. Maybe I don't know how that would work. That's a really, really good point. Are they going to do this again? Is Je- Jeff Keighley, God bless his soul, is a man who works. And I I almost guarantee you, I don't know, I don't know it at all, but you think that man put all this work together to stop? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. Every year, in some way or another, the game show has been bigger and better. This man, does he get awards? We need to get him an award or something, like... I don't know what we'd give him. Not us, but just us. Yeah, as, I know, yeah. The, the, the royal the, us. The, the internet is a community. Because 
the Summer Game Fest is going from May until August. That's a lot of juicy gaming news for me to digest and get hyped for. IGN's the same way, by the way. They, uh, they're, when I'm watching it, they'll say the first, the first IGN Summer of Gaming. Are they going to stop after this year? Also, there was some, you know, granted, I didn't love all of it, but Guerrilla Collective had three days this year. I actually think they did a good job. Yeah, you know, it was... Greg Miller over at Kinda Funny, he, uh, of course, he's always good. <clears throat> Excuse yeah, me. and kudos to Kinda Funny and their team. They are, it's pretty badass to see what they've kind of grown into over these years. I was happy to see that he got to announce uh, Persona 4 Golden for, for Steam. Of course he, uh, of course he was, he's a... A big uh, fan of the series, and that game has been kind of uh, rumored for a while to become on the Steam. And although I have it on my Vita, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I, I don't know if I get it on Steam or not. I am probably gonna buy it on Steam just because I want to give Atlas more money. And granted, I was. Are you? It's just like your CD Projekt Red thing, where where you played a little bit of one of their games and you have a weird love for them, even though you haven't beaten it. Well, a couple things. One, as I was working on my PS Vita, I am very thankful to say that my Persona 4 Golden saves are intact. That's <laughs> because <laughs> going to delete them again. I didn't think about it until I was working on it today, and I went into the files and I looked, and thankfully they're all there because I was, you know, moving stuff around, changing stuff, and doing stuff like that. And I was, I didn't think about it until I was like, are my saves there? And so I popped in the, I popped in the cartridge because I. Did buy the physical edition because I wanted to display the case because I've heard about it for years. No, I haven't beaten it yet. That's another boat submarine we'll get to someday. Another what? Submarine? I don't, I don't know what that saying is, man. I don't know I don't what it know means. what it is. It's not submarine. Yeah. So anyway, my saves are there. But yeah, until they give me, I don't know if Atlas has Persona 4 golden merch or a, a, something I could buy other than you the game. buy a soundtrack? Okay, But yeah. if you... If you don't, why don't, I don't understand. Do you like the game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't tell if you do or oh, not. Oh, no, 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 I do. I, I do. You could also, they have other games. They have other games. That's true, too. They have all the Persona games. They make Catherine. They make, oh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. There's one, that, there's a game on the Vita that's really good that they make. They make, I make a bunch of games. Yeah, I need to look into more of their games. I need to play more and beat Persona for Golden. That was a really weird way to say Golden. Golden. <laughs> Because I really do like the story, and it does look uh, pretty banging on the PC. I will say that they did release, somebody released something you can put on the Vita to make it look the Persona 4 Golden version of the game that's on Vita. That was a really wordy way to say that. But you can like enhance the graphics to make it look almost as good as it looks on a PC. I heard that somebody was releasing a, a Yosuke romance thing for Whoa. the PC. <laughs> okay. Yosuke's my boy. He is... He is a lovable character. I keep. They're all lovable, you they, know. They, yeah, they are. I just restarted Persona Five. I was like twenty or thirty hours into that game, and I don't think I'd played it in like a year. But I, I yeah, even though I was that far into it, it had been that long, so I, I had to, I had to start it over. But yeah, back to E three. Yeah, I do. Well, I definitely miss it. I, I, I hope it comes back in some ways, but not in others because I don't know. It's kind of like. Digital versus physical games. I don't really buy very many, many physical games, but it is kind of sad to see them go by the wayside. Of course, you can't trade in your games if you have uh, digital. You can't uh, lend your games to others. There's no, and of course, these went away years ago. There's no manuals that you can get. I do miss the manuals. Granted, you know, I 
flip through them every once in a while, but they are nice. I don't think have. there's been, I don't think there's been a good size manual in a game in over a decade, probably. Mm-mm. No, the last one I remember is probably, I don't know, a PS2 game, probably, maybe, maybe. Yeah, they some definitely P- had them on PS2 games. Maybe some PS3 games. Uh, yeah, I do wonder, you know, if some of the games keeps on pumping through. And Sony and Nintendo, the big three, are still doing their own conferences and their own digital if, stuff. If they do their own, EA does their own, and the summer games, and... Who is going to be able to, one, afford E3? Exactly. That's a, that's a really good point, too, because it's going to be a bunch of, a bunch of indies. They can't afford no. that at all. You know, I... As well as Chucklefish is doing, <laughs> and they're doing really, really well. They are. I'm They're not going to want to pay millions of dollars to get a, show, a floor... And I don't think they want to. No. Even if they had the money, I don't know if they'd want to. Especially when Chucklefish, and specifically, can just tweet out, hey, I'm working on something new. Here's a screenshot. Get hyped. Yeah, and, the, and all the news outlets cover it. We would cover it. Yeah. It's over on YouTube. It's all over the place. And it's, it makes, such a, it's a digital age. I don't know if you, if you, if you knew that. <laughs> and it makes me really, really wonder, who's going to be at 2021 E3? How much are they going to... Surely they're, they're not going to try to... Lower the price of boots because I'd have to. Yeah, but I think also they're gonna try to be playing catch up from this year. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how much they could lower them, and if they could lower them to a price where they could both make money, and also because they had to rent out a bunch of stuff, they had to hire people themselves. If, where I wonder if they could lower it enough where they could still make money and and be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be uh, appealing yeah. to to the developers and, and publishers. And the Los Angeles <laughs> Convention Center ain't cheap. I'm sure it's not. It's a big old place. And it makes me... I want, I need them to just at least tell us. Just give us a hint of the floor plan. Or I just want to see how their brains are working. I don't think they know... Well, if they do know, I'm sure it'll be something like, like this one was playing, like I said, with the celebrities... And the tournaments, and all that stuff. I don't. I don't know if they know. I think that they are kind of on their back foot, and I think they were on their back foot before all this nonsense. Yeah, it. I'm worried for them, and I'm sure they're worried as well. Oh, I'm sure that they're very worried. <laughs> it, it is interesting. They they were talking about how, uh, at least in 2020, they were planning to have 25,000 more people. Yeah, I forgot about that. Than 2019. Tickets, that is. I can't yeah, guarantee how yeah. many people, but they're going to sell that many more tickets. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole lot of people to be feeding through that convention center. So, uh, you know? I don't know if people are going to be in the same mindset to want to go. Because This even- is changing. This is what I've been telling people, and it's... I'm not Nostradamus here. This is pretty obvious, I, th- I think. This is changing the world forever. This oh, yeah. is a 9-11 type event that is changing the world forever. Yeah, and it's even talking to some friends that don't it, live uh, in the U.S., they, it, it is insane how changed some countries have. Like, it's just... I, I can't even put it into words, some of the implementations some of these places are putting into... But it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you go you driving uh, up to a, a grocery store and you got people with masks on, kind of. You can you can tell because when I go for my walks and stuff, 
I, it's, you kind of wander away from people. It feels kind of weird, but you don't want to get super close to anybody. Yeah, and it, it makes me worried for <laughs> E3 because I want to see them be successful, and I want to be able to go and see the energy of a Reggie Fisume or a, you know, the epic 299 like we were talking about. I want to go feel the energy of those epic moments, but and there still are going to be there's still going to be shows. Yes, exactly. Even if E3 dies, there will still be there will, there will still be shows. I I think at least for the time being, I'm not worried about Gamescom going anywhere. Oh no. I'm not it's just E3 specifically has felt so like they feel like they've fallen down and they're having a pardon the meme, but they've fallen down and they can't get up. <laughs> So do you have any suggestions? I don't know if I do. I guess I can try to think of some for what they can maybe do to try to attract others. Yeah, I think definitely they should, you know, obviously first sit down and figure out what's the base price they could, they can lower their booths to, to still make money and still be inviting for people so that people will actually want to come. Granted, maybe some of these people wouldn't bring their like a tier Announcements. They might bring like some B tier stuff, and so I don't see. I don't really think that they'll do. EA once again. I'm bringing up EA. EA is not going to announce Command and Conquer, then a new Command and Conquer at at that, and then announce Apex Two at their own event. True. It's really weird, and and since a kind of a muddy muddled message. So, it does make me wonder how they're going to get to, how they're going to get these companies to come back especially with all the things they will have to surely implement to respect or I guess protect people is a better word for from COVID and every, you know, social distancing and everything, how that's going to go. Themselves. Exactly. That too. How are you going to run a convention with, you know, 60,000 people? More, or, they, well, they wanted more. They wanted 25,000 more. Yeah. Or more. And that's just the attendees. How are you going to run that with all the people that have to run all the stages, all the technology, all the people that are going to be working there as well from the companies? How are you going to execute that with social distancing in place? How is that going to work? Then so, you're going to, yeah, then you have to worry about are, if someone gets sick there, are you liable? Are the companies, are they worried about, oh man, uh, I don't know, I can try to think of it. Sony doesn't want to come to your conference because what if someone tries to sue Sony? As absurd as it is, it's bad publicity. What if someone tries to sue Sony because they got COVID while they were watching Sony's event? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I think once they figure out the, I guess, the foundation of how they're even going to execute 2021's show, then they'll be able to build kind of their team, essentially, of who's coming, who's not coming, put the word out, put the feelers out. But also in the background, kind of running up on their tail, or actually, it's kind of past them. I guess lapping them is a better term. You got summer games. You got all these other people. Gamescom that's going to surely come back next year. You have all these little people that are just doing their own shows, growing, flourishing, and it kind of you know makes E three just kind of sitting there wondering who's going to come check us out. So I don't really know exactly what they should do to actually get people to come to their show. I think they're going to have to talk to, put out feelers, like you said, 
to people that they maybe don't normally talk to, talking about Twitch streamers and YouTubers, the people that they're talking about having there at the stage, see what they think. Don't just bring them there to be essentially a pretty face. Don't just bring Ninja in to stand around. Talk to him about what he thinks they can do because clear, clearly he knows what he's doing as far as being a businessman, attracting young people, which is what they want. But also, I don't think they want to stray too far away from where they are. That's the third time I've hit the mic. They don't want to be, because as big as E3 is, and it's massive, a lot of people, I don't, I think if they try to reach out to this Fortnite crowd, and even to like the Apex Legends, that people who only watch like games every once in a while, who people who only buy Call of Duty, I don't think you need to reach out to them because I don't think they care. Yeah, they play those people that play those core those core games, especially like the Call of Duty crowd. Is, yeah, is the especially. people. That, and I hate to even say like those gamers. No, it's it's just a different it, sect yeah, of people. It, it is. And I was thinking <laughs> the first person that's probably going to come knocking to E3 to be like, "Hey, can we have a spot?" Google Stadia. That's a really good point. I could 100% see. I could see them doing that, but they're Google, and I every time, every time I watch a YouTube video, just about every time I look up something on Google, there's an ad for Google Stadia, and they still can't do anything. That's a, that, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. The Google Stadia is definitely becoming the OUYA of this generation. But I think what they need to do is what PlayStation 4 did. Xbox. Xbox One is a good console. But when they announced the Xbox One, you know what they talked about? Everything except games. And it looks like E3 is kind of veering in that way, in a, in a way with all this entertainment stuff. And while I think it is a good idea to host tournaments, host big tournaments at E3, even host some Fortnite and Call of Duty tournaments if you want to, if it's done right, if you talk to the right people, if you get the right teams involved, don't don't just say, hey, this is a, a game convention for cool guys because that's really dumb and lame and no one wants to come to that. People want to come to see the games. Exactly. It is called the Electronic Entertainment Expo for a reason. I want to come and see the games. I want to be entertained. I don't want to come see, you know, streamer, cool guy, McGee, or, you know, a celebrity that I don't really care about or what have you. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to see a bunch of weird CT celebrities and retired athletes. Yeah, and cool. I'm glad if, you know, most show basketball player or whoever you're going to have there enjoys playing games. That's great. Awesome. I want to see game trailers for the upcoming cool shit that I'll be able to play on whatever systems now I have. we're explicit. At the end of the day, I think... I feel like I'm talking really weirdly here. But at the end of the day, I feel like E3 needs to answer one question. Are they needed? At, are, they need to be needed. Because that's the way capitalism works. Like it or lump it, that's how it works. If you are not needed, you're going to be pushed to the side in something better, something smarter, something that people enjoy more in some way is going to replace your ass. Okay? Perfect if, example. Jeff Keighley, Summer Games Fest. Yes, exactly. If you cannot adapt to the online ecosystem, if you cannot provide a service that people want, if people are willing to pay for, people are willing to fly around the world, which they did, 
thousands upon thousands of people fly from around the world every year to come to this event. If you cannot get those people, if you cannot get, I almost said EA for the fifth time, even though EA is not in the event and they haven't been for years. But if you can't get these companies, if you can't get these news outlets to come to your conference, whether that's to show games or, God forbid, to show Ninja playing basketball against Shaq or for cool merch or for actual legitimate tournaments or something, you're going to die. And I think E3 is going to die. I do. I do. Yeah. I don't want it to, but I, I think I don't think it's done yet, and I don't think it'll be done next year. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not going to speculate and throw a year out there or a time frame or you know anything like that. I do agree with the fact that they're walking towards death. They're on they're on a clock. They really are. And I guess we'll know more when they decide to tell us what their 2021 plans are. Maybe they should specialize in something. Tokyo Game Show talked about, about about a bunch of weave shit. You know, Gamescom is the conference for Europe. Is it Gamescom or Gamescom? I, Whatever. Yeah, same thing. You know, they, they have these anime expos that talk about specifically anime. They have... Even on the same thing of not video games, they're still games. They have a whole convention that's just dedicated to board games, sort of a thing. Like that whole genre thing. Yeah, because it's, it's, there's a niche there. Exactly. And maybe... And I doubt it costs $10 million to get a booth there. True. And maybe E3 needs to figure out how they're going to do that. Maybe they need to move on to the sponsoring side of things and sponsor I don't people. know if they have sponsors... Maybe that, that that could be another thing if they could get people to sponsor their content because I know at least at one point the uh, Game Awards we were talking about them earlier. They I know they're sponsored by certain things. Yeah. I can't for some reason I can't remember. I'm sure they have been sponsored. Perfect. Stuff in the perfect past, example. So. Uh, Blizzard's Overwatch League being sponsored by a bunch of people. Yeah, Toyota, like Toyota and all, <laughs> that's the Coca Cola probably. Yeah, and all these other people. So if E3 could get people to sponsor them and then they could in turn, I don't know put their hat in the ring with maybe a, I don't know, pro esports team or just even... <laughs> the Houston Outlaws sponsored by E3? It's something. I don't man. know if that's... I think they're already sponsored by GameStop, so I don't think they want, a, I don't think they want another corpse on their, on their jersey. Yeah, you know, maybe figure out a way that can bring them in revenue and they can still be relevant to gamers and to people that enjoy video games in the industry... Because I know there's tons of people that would still enjoy going to an event and supporting E3 in some aspect. I, and I do think I do think that don't get me wrong. I do think that E3 is still relevant to hardcore gamers, but I don't know if it's relevant to the companies that give them the information that they need to bring those people to watch the event to come to the event. I agree. Like we've talked about throughout this episode, it is eye-opening for these companies this year to see we can work with our teams internally, put it all together, throw it through Dropbox and Google Drive and all the other dudes they use, and hit publish, and people enjoy it, and then all the people spread the information, and it goes through all the webs, and people love it. And here's the thing. They're doing all this from home. Yeah. So as the days go by, every day... You know, we learn a little bit more about the disease and everything. So by next year, if we're back at least in some uh, some form of normalcy, and these companies can be in their offices using their normal internet, this is going to be even better for them. Yeah, I keep reminding myself that the PlayStation Five event was done from people's homes. 
They yep. produced that from people's homes, as well as the summer games. Yeah, so exactly. If these boys and girls are doing this on these machines with whatever internet they have running around, wow, I can't even imagine what's going to happen when they get back to their comfort offices with their Cat 5s and Cat 6s and be able to run amok online with all the stuff they're going to tell us. I don't know what that is, but... Okay. No, what is it? What's a Cat 6? Uh, cat 5 and Cat 6. Some kind of computer? It's categories of internet. So, like, what we have um, running is Cat 5. It's And then, like, industrial people use Cat 6. Ah. That's, like, my understanding of it. I may be wrong, but that's okay. I, okay. You know, I think that even after this, all this is over, people, companies are still going to have people work from home. People are probably, unfortunately, going to get fired when these companies realize that they don't need as many people to work there. And I, the game industry is not exempt from this. If E3 is not needed and this coronavirus highlights that, it's on a, it's going to be cut even sooner than it would have been, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see as the world kind of rises back up from <laughs> corona, <laughs> speaking, to see... Very corona-heavy episode on the first episode of well, Dialogue Tree. It will definitely date the episode, uh, so people will be able be to... Be an artifact. There you go. Man, I wish I got in the beta. Man, stupid. It'll be like if someone was doing a podcast in the t- in the towers. And say, can I say that? It's been, it's been I, 19 I think, years. I think it's been long enough. As I think has this podcast, honestly, I think we said all we can about this subject, and uh, yeah. That's going to be it. So... If you didn't figure out by now, we also do a podcast called One Up Me, where we kind of cover video game news and such. Don't know why we stumble through video game news like a child walking down a bowling alley. There you go. That's a much better explanation than the word kinda. So you can reach out to the show on Twitter at One Up Me Podcast. You can reach out to Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Divisions. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Aswaylock. As well as email the show, one of me podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I've blanked on all this. When we, Instagram is one up me gaming. Gaming. And you have a Twitter. You already said that? I have a Twitter, yep. You and Twitter. You can, you can listen to this podcast wherever you enjoy podcast. The links for which are going to be in the description. So, yeah, you can send your thoughts on E3 if you have any uh, suggestions on what they could do, maybe, if you think they can survive. Send all that stuff to us. At those locations. Of course, you can also give the podcast suggestions at these places. Tell us what you want to hear, how we can make the podcast better. You can do this on iTunes. Leave us five stars and say, hey, idiots, you should talk about Tomb Raider 2002, the movie, not the game. Was there a movie in 2002? I don't know. Apparently, you can review it in the iTunes podcast app, which is something that I wish I would have known when I used the uh, the Apple podcast out but still pretty cool of course you can listen to it there as well you can't you don't just have to rate it we also listen to it there also spotify pandora if if it has podcasts on it this will be on it um just use whatever you want like jordan said the links for those will be in the podcast description the podcast notes what you want to call them below is that is that it how do how, how do we end this i think i should bye. bye bye